Welcome to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. We coach people every day on their money and how to plan for the future. As financial advisors, we're here to have an honest conversation and educate you on how to money. Intentionally and passionately to hit your money goals. And we'll throw in some sports talk along the way. Our mission and goal of this podcast is to improve your money journey and help you create the financial life you deserve. So let's talk money. And sports. Welcome back to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I am Bailey Ashbrook, Investment Advisor Representative at Central Financial Group. And still, because I got nothing clever, the best basketball player at this table. (laughs) I knew that was coming. (laughs) Cole Peterson, Partner and Investment Advisor Representative at uh, Central Financial Group. And uh, I'm looking forward to golf season, but I love love Christmas. Christmas season's the best. Yeah. Uh, Cole Jasky, Financial Advisor here at Central Financial Group. The basketball thing, that's like the running, I know it's the running joke we here. We were talking but about it last yeah, night. Three point, three point, uh, yeah, we, we, we uh, had an event last night and uh, I think we're, we solved this. We're going to have a three point competition for the office and maybe produce some content or put out, put out some video, <laughs> you know, be good, good, uh, funny laughing marketing material. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that would be pretty cool. I would um, enjoy watching that. I have to say, um, Caleb Westall, uh, producer of how to money with Cole and Cole digital media designer for spin market and i no longer have the worst football team at this table oh, because the right. panthers beat the broncos this week oh my gosh cole p not uh, that we needed to know here caleb you know he's a statistician for us today he gave us a line item of all of our teams and records and how bad all of our teams are except for bailey's cowboys so yeah and our guests uh guests that we'll bring on you know he's a big eagles fan so we got we got an eagles guy in the room he's yeah. winning Oh. I I don't really even have a comment on the Broncos to tell you the truth. They are they are, they may be the worst team in the league. I think they maybe. what is it like the second worst record only to the Texans? I think that's bad. Or maybe the Texans and the Bears. That the might funny be the thing is team. there was a lot of hype going into be, the season before too. the season. I put a bet on to win the Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> How's that going for you? You know what? I got a bet like uh, I don't know fifty to one. I thought it was a great bet. Well, now, well now, now the the Broncos are going to gift wrap their draft pick to the Seahawks too. Oh yeah, the yeah. So it doesn't thing. even matter. They're not going to like try to lose because it doesn't matter. They don't get the first round draft pick anyway. Mm-hmm. Who knows? The Seahawks might make the playoffs and get the number one pick in the draft. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that'd be crazy. That would be crazy. <laughs> Listen, there's only foot. You got your teams are bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Keep going. Let's not even talk about Christmas season. Let's get on. I got some good sports news. U.S. advanced in the World Cup yeah, this week, so yeah, they yeah. play tomorrow. Well, as this is being recorded, they play tomorrow, so we'll see if they can upset the Netherlands. So, because yeah. I think they're um, going to be the underdog in the game, but Are hey, they? who knows? Okay. Yeah, don't yeah. don't follow soccer about yeah. as much as I follow NASCAR. So, <laughs> I don't <laughs> no. follow soccer USA. either. I just <laughs> yeah, it's it. kind of it's relevant, right? Yeah. Yeah. right? A little USA pride in the on the world stage, so it's cool to see. Right, mm. Iowa. Iowa. I said last last episode controlled their own destiny. Well, they controlled that right down to the drain. They didn't go to the Big Ten championship game. So Awful game. Michigan yeah, yeah. Uh, dominated Ohio State, which I didn't see coming either. And uh, so either. it's Michigan Purdue in the Big Ten championship game. I'm not looking forward to that game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But yep. Yep. agreed, agreed. The college no football interest. playoff has one week left until it's set, and they say three teams are pretty much locks and the other one as long as the four teams that are in they're all in the championship games for their conferences they yeah, win so as long as they don't lose it won't change yeah yeah so i i i think ohio state's deserves to be there 
I, I don't think Michigan – I think Michigan just had a great game, but I think Ohio State deserves to be in that, that talk. And if USC loses – they yeah. will be back in. You guys are really into this now. You better wrap us up, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, get listen, locked in here. I'm really, talk, listen, I we have a guest speaker. We thought he was going to be last time. I'm super excited to have him because I think he's just one of the most well-spoken people I've ever listened to. And he plays a sport that I wish we had here, lacrosse. Have you guys ever played it? No. I did a class in college. It was so fun. Oh, well, I bet you it said plays. Uh, is he still actively, actively I, no, involved? No, in, but you know, play. <laughs> thank you for the correction. Yeah. Like there, college Colton. ball, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah all American. Was, I'll let him tell him a little story about himself. He's yeah, like, should we talk a little bit about NCAA basketball? Because I think yes. that's the only positive thing we really, other okay, than the USA. Okay, okay. Um, so Iowa State men beat UNC, and then they lost the championship game. But still, they're they're doing well, and Iowa men did well. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa, Iowa women are kind of struggling right now. Lost two in a row, but, but they almost beat UConn. Like yeah. they're, they're good. They're just it's well, good they for the should state. Have won that got, game yeah, some good basketball. I did good basketball in the state of so Iowa. So early, both men's and women's. It's it's yeah. cool. It'll be a good year for them all. Yeah, well, and then the, the, the Iowa from... State women are actually probably the best team mm-hmm. out of the four. Yep, yep. It'll be a good run. The did you guys see? Not not only at sidebar, but we're talking about women's basketball. The gal from Algona that's committed to Iowa State. She had forty eight points the other night. Audio. Oh, did she? Yeah, huh? Yeah, she broke she, her own school yeah, record. Forty-eight that's, points. That's crazy. For, she's she's a big girl. Like yeah. she's just she's beast. That Crooks family is they're all they're beast athletic. Man. The couple of them played here. I played with the Crooks when I played. So yeah. yeah. Growing up, my dad used to play against Jimmy Crooks at the mm-hmm. at the Y. They're <laughs> good. And he could dunk. I mean, it was just he was amazing to watch. Like three hundred and fifty pounds, and he's jumping up and jamming it. It's like holy cow. All right, Caleb. Before I transition to our guest speaker, here's your bet: Who would win in the three point contest, Cole? Jay, oh. Cole P or Bailey? Go. Oh, you're putting Ten me on seconds. the spot. Uh, We're all looking at you. I know. Like, who's intimidating? Cole Jasky. Oh, oh my wow. God. <laughs> Thanks, uh, I, on I that, will take that back. On that note, I've never seen any of them guest. play. L- uh, let's bring our guest on. Well, now we got our special guest, Mark Manos. We're, we're having a discussion on how to, how uh, the variations of how you heard your last name. I can I can relate to that too, Mark. By the way, with my funky last name, but yeah, Mark. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Glad to have and glad to have you here. Um, no, thank you guys for the opportunity to to join you today. It's great to kind of uh, run through a, a laundry list of topics that we're hearing directly, not just from our financial advisors, but uh, clients as well. Just kind of talk a little bit about how we bring some some differentiators to the table in a, a ever changing market environment. It seems like yeah. And for for our guests, you know, Mark Mark's a, Mark's a really an extension of our team. Uh, he's uh, he represents Clark Capital. They're uh, they're a instant or a money manager that we use uh, for a segment of our clients um, to to provide you know professional you know high level high quality active management. And uh, I actually just you know had the pleasure of of going out to, they're based out of Philadelphia and I went to their headquarters, got to meet with their team uh, and, you know, cool high rise building, a little different in Fort Dodge, Iowa, but no, it was, it was awesome. And, and uh, you know, Mark truly is an extension of our office. Yeah. Mark, tell people, how long have you been with Clark Capital? How did you get there and what exactly do you do for Clark Capital? 
Yeah, so I've been with the firm actually since uh, November of 2017. Uh, when I went to Drexel University in downtown Philadelphia for, for college, part of my curriculum was actually doing internships during my time there. Um, and with a financial degree and an economics degree, uh, actually started working for a, a large insurance company based out of the Philadelphia area. So that's kind of how I got my foot in the door into the financial services industry. Um, and honestly, wasn't even looking for a, a new job and got a note on LinkedIn from a recruiter. And I'm the kind of guy that's always out to hear down, you know, hear what's going on from an opportunity perspective. Um, went in for an interview, came back for a second interview, and kind of the rest is history. Uh, started off on more of the the internal side at Clark Capital, kind of fielding calls from our advisors across the country. Uh, and then we were continuing to grow our sales force and expand different territories across the country. And uh, I had an opportunity to interview for one of those positions back in August of uh, 2019. Um, and lucky enough, uh, they, they saw that I was going to be the, the guy for the fit and the guy for the job. So my wife and I packed up with our dog and moved <laughs> out to Denver, Colorado in uh, January of 2020, right before the pandemic. And we're not looking back. Yeah. Uh, it's a great firm to be with, an incredible group of people to work with. Uh, and Colorado is an incredible place to live. So I'll talk a little bit about how how Mark's industry works is, is you have an internal team that sits in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm at Clark Capital and they field phone calls from their from advisors and then they also uh, support the external wholesalers which Correct. external wholesalers are actually out so he lives in Denver Colorado he has a territory in the Midwest I was part of that territory and he actually travels to the advisors and helps them out so I think we get we get in because we know what internals and externals are and yeah. and, and but the mm -hmm. the viewers probably or the the listeners wouldn't know what that means so the difference you know you start on the typically with a company you start on the internal side that way you yep. learn the business learn how it goes and then you go to the external side because you you have more knowledge and you can actually talk to the uh, advisors face to face and and it's a it's a big job. I mean, yeah. you, you guys you guys do a lot of travel, mm -hmm. um, and it's a it's a fun job. I would I would think and and you know you get to spend time with great people like me and Cole and Bailey, but <laughs> yeah. um, but also it's it's a little bit of a it's a grind. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Look, you know, being on the road it, to your point, it definitely is a grind in certain aspects. But uh, for me personally, there's no more gratifying feeling than sitting in a meeting with a financial advisor and their client and seeing that that light bulb moment, right? Having a conversation around specifically what's going on in their plan and the end of the day, how Clark Capital could possibly be a piece of that plan. And actually the end reason, you know, why I'm actually in that meeting is, you know, Clark, we truly believe we become extensions of advisors practices, right? It's our job to deliver on the bottom line from an investment perspective, but also create accessibility and education for the end client as to what we see happening in the markets, specifically what we're doing in their allocations, and then ultimately just making sure we're delivering on the bottom line. But the most gratifying thing for me is, is having those client conversations and being a part of those to help advisors really put individuals in a position to be successful. And that light bulb moment for me is, is hands down the most gratifying thing I get to do on a day-to-day -day basis. That's awesome, Mark. Tell us, tell us who Clark Capital is. You know, sell, you know, maybe give us a little sales pitch. We've, we all know the story in this room, but you know, why, why should we use Clark? Maybe or how, how you partner with us specifically? Yeah, so I kind of use a, a sports team analogy to, to really introduce kind of the relationship there, right? The end client is the owner of the organization, right? They're going out into the world in the industry and they're finding the best general manager or financial advisor there is, right? Me. Exactly. Actually, Cole J won that. 
Oh. Oh, <laughs> shot, 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 <laughs> shot, shot, shot. Yeah, putting the plaque up in your office as uh. we speak, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, no, and they, they go out and find the best financial advisor, general manager they can, and we are a part of the coaching staff, right? Your offensive, defensive, and special teams coaches, your insurance vehicles, your estate planning vehicles, your money managers, right? And, you know, I think the, the incredible thing about the CFG methodology is, is the term independence, right? You guys are independent financial advisors. So that world of investment strategists and opportunities is so vast that you have to distill it down to the right opportunities for the right particular client situation. And look, if at the end of the day, one of those coaches isn't doing their job, you have other opportunities out there that can maybe be a proper fit for that client situation. But ultimately, I think what a lot of those owners are looking for is great experiences, right? That's the, the business that we're in at the end of the day is to create great experiences for our clients. And the number one experience we have to be able to create is, is an investment experience. We have to be able to deliver on the bottom line. Um, and a lot of financial advisors have that capability. But I think really the, the big differentiator is, is the service model and kind of that concierge white glove level where folks have access not just to their financial advisor, but to the, the folks who are actually helping make the decisions on the investments and the allocations that we're using in their portfolios. Yeah. So Cole, talk a little bit about, and Mark brought it up, the independent side, you yep. know, what, cause you were at, at Edward Jones, you were at a different uh, firm where, where it wasn't an independent agency. You, it was more captive and you, and you, you had to use certain things. So talk a little bit about how Clark came to light for you yep. in the independent space. Yeah, it, it really Clark's space is uh, the, the separate asset manager or, or where we can, we can hire them separately to run a stock portfolio. A lot of firms, you know, that are non-independent, they, there's just far less choices on that. You know, they're, they're more controlling, you know, I'll give the, the, you know, my prior firm is they kind of had a list of, of really what I could use and I couldn't really deviate out of that outside. So if I wanted to use Clark or someone to run a, a different uh, piece of, of a portfolio, I really, if it wasn't on that list, I didn't really have that say. And where, you know, we, we have that vast array now in that independent space, we get to go and educate ourselves on who's available, who, who do we want to use to manage this portfolio, or maybe if it's a, it's a piece of a portfolio or, it, you know, they have solutions where, you know, we can turn over a whole, whole portfolio to them and they can, you know, at a, at a very high level, you know, customize and, and, and deliver a high quality investment experience. And that's really where, where Clark's become a, you know, a big play in my practice specifically is, is, I'm not picking the the individual stocks. I can give people ideas. We can give people ideas, but we want someone that's actually in the weeds, day to day, you know, data driven, have a process driven, uh, and that's where you know an institution like Clark, you know, is is an extension of what what I'm doing and, yeah. and the the value I can provide to my clients. The active management and um, Mark, maybe give an example of how you've seen that play out with a client, like how you've been an extension, like a good story, a success story that you could share with us on that. Yeah, I have one kind of a little bit more recently, um, down in Colorado Springs. Uh, I have an advisor partner down there, um, who actually had a, a client. I think he's been a client for maybe 10 or 12 years. He was telling me dentist had a couple different practices spread out across Colorado Springs and different areas of Colorado uh, and decided it's time to retire. Wanted to, to sell all of those practices and big liquidity event was actually occurring for him. Uh, so myself and the advisor, we sat down with the client and really just dived into what the entire financial picture looks like. 
um, you know, holistic planning is, is really crucial in those types of, of liquidity events where we have to make sure assets are positioned and located in the proper risk profiles, proper asset classes, proper sectors of the market, and really just focus on at the end of the day, like, what is the objective for this money? Like, what do you want to accomplish? Uh, and being there and having that deep dialogue with the client and the advisor so we can really hone in on a, a specific investment profile for them and construct an allocation that's going to deliver on what their goals and objectives are. So I think it was really the opportunity that the advisor saw to bring us in as a resource, knowing that, look, this really wasn't the space that he traditionally works in these larger liquidity type of event situations. And that's really a space where we kind of shine is partnering with independent financial advisors and their high net worth clients, uh, and really creating a, a differentiated investment experience. And, you know, I don't think what took that business over the finish line was the actual investment portfolio that we developed for them. Uh, it was the accessibility that we helped to create. Um, you know, I, I think what's crucial about Clark Capital and kind of our story is a group that we have in-house called our Client Portfolio Management Team. Uh, they're all CFA charter holders. They're all chartered financial analysts. And a lot of times you hear that term in our business and you think somebody who sits in front of a computer, <laughs> stares at a spreadsheet all that's day long <laughs> and, and looks at stock reports. Like that's not what these individuals do. You know, they're, they're conduits between the actual PMs who are making those investment decisions. Breaking. And by PMs, he, he means portfolio yes, managers. Sorry, those portfolio are the people, those are the people yes. pushing the button to, or making the phone calls to actual trade the positions. Exactly. Tony yep. Soslo, Mara Thompson yep. on the equity side at Clark, you know, taking all of that detail and breaking it down into simple, repeatable, digestible language that we can take back to our advisors and clients. Um, and he really appreciated that accessibility and having access to those folks on a quarterly basis for us to just provide him with updates as to what we see happening in the market, how that's translating into the trades and transactions that we're making in his portfolio. And then lastly, just making sure we're, we're delivering on the bottom line. I think it, you know, from an advisor perspective, it helps to create sticky assets. And from a client perspective, it just helps to create peace of mind. That, yeah. That's, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the communication between you guys and the client and our, you know, through us mm -hmm. to the client, but it's tying it back to, Hey, the decisions we're making in your portfolio and how it relates to your, the goals and objectives, right? What, what's the idea of the money? And that's, that's a big piece, uh, you know, the value you guys provide. I was just going to, I was just going to kind of, you know, go on, on piggyback on what you said is I, I, and I think it's funny when clients like walk in and they think we're just going to tell them what to do with their money. It's like, well, well, we, we need to know like what you, what, what do you, you want? want to Who do you are, what your like, goals are. Yeah. What, what, what other assets do you have? What, you know, and that's where you're saying like, what are, what are your goals with this money? Uh, are you going to spend it down? Are you mm -hmm. want people to inherit it? Do you want to, you know, how are you going to go about it? Because we don't invest everybody's money the same exact way. That's just not, that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to be uh, product pushers and, and try to, you know, only put people into certain things. We're going to do a lot, very, different things for different people because it's not going to be the same for everybody. Yeah. So not all of our clients are going to have Clark capital. Not all of our clients are going to have this and that, you know, we're going to do something different. So we're just very fortunate in Clark capital and Mark is just one part of our team. As he said, we have multiple people, but we're going to take a quick break and I'm excited to continue this conversation. This podcast is produced by spin market and digital. Located in Fort Dodge, Iowa, Spin Market's highly skilled team can help you increase your market by updating your website, improving SEO, designing advertisements, and producing podcasts that will grab the attention of your market. 
Contact Spin Market today for all your digital marketing needs at digital agent at spinmarket with two K's.com or call us at 515-302-8026. And to learn more, visit our website at www.spinmarket with two K's.com. That's digital agent at spinmarket.com or 515-302-8026 or visit our website www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. All right, welcome back. We're ready for a little dollar and cents, y'all, right? Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, for this week's dollars and cents, again, kind of going back to the, I love my stats. I'm yeah. a I'm, you know, stats guy, Keeps. references, you know, stats, percentages, but... Bailey, without cheating and looking, since 1972, how many pos- the S&P 500, how many times have we been positive for 50 years? So 1972 would be 50 years. How many years have been positive? You're putting me on the spot. You guys know the answer. Well, 12. Yeah. I didn't know the answer before we came today. 12. No, positive, positive. years out oh. of 50. Out of 50, how oh. many times has the market been positive? If it was 12, we'd be, we <laughs> we'd be in a world of hurt. Good guess. 41. Dang. 41 times out of 50 years we were wow. positive. And just, you know, quick, quick rundown here. The 50-year S&P 500 annualized returns 9.4%. The 10-year, so the last 10 years, is 14.8. So what, why we kind of, why that's relevant, Thank you know, you. we're in a, in a tough year, right? We're having a lot of tough conversations, but, you know, looking over a longer lens of time, right? The, the, the bad times will pass. The tough times, the volatile times will pass. I think, I think my, one of my favorite quotes is tough times don't last. Tough people do yep. and tough portfolios do like, <laughs> because really, if you look at it, so, so 41 times out of, out of uh, 50 over the last 50 years. So obviously simple math, that's 18% of the time. The market is down 18%. We haven't had back to back years where the market is down year over year since 2000. So is there a chance the market is down next year? Yes, of course there is a chance. Always is. Is it statistically probably not going to be? Probably not. So you're probably looking at a, a positive return in 2023. I'm not going to guarantee anything, obviously. But we are already seeing positive times because we hit our, our low in June. We're, the S&P 500 from January 1st to June, I think it was like 13th or something like that, was negative 26%. We're now, uh, year to date, as of yesterday, we were only down 13.1%. So we're up 13% from the bottom. So we are, uh, we're on our way back up. Not saying it's going to continue. Don't uh, guarantee. We're probably going to end the year as a negative year. Yep. I, I don't think we're going to get back to zero. Um, I don't think we're going to be up 13% in the month of December. That's just highly un, unrealistic. So we're going to end this year negative, let's just say 10%. Let's just say it, it ends up negative 10% S&P 500 for this year. Next year, are we going to be a negative again? Again, statistically, not going to happen. Okay. So my question is, these are great statistics, and this is going to kind of tangent into Mark. Why is, and Mark, maybe explain to the listeners first, why is active man, what is active management, and why is it important during these times? And like, what do you guys do during these times? Yeah. So obviously, the there's a big conversation in our industry between active versus passive, yes. right? Passive management is basically just buying what we would call an index. So think the S&P 500 and buying the SPY ETF, right? You're buying direct exposure to that index. That's the Vanguard S&P 500 index. Uh, that's the symbol for it. But that's, Correct. you know, most people know that one because it's the, I think it's the most invested index in the world. So yeah. but if you watch it, you know, 
stock channel on TV, the S&P 500, it, mm-hmm. it would follow that to a T. Yep. Exactly. So, and yep. they, look, inherently, it's a great process, right? There's strong quality companies that make up the S&P 500. But at the end of the day, from a passive perspective, you never have the ability to actually beat the index. You're always going to perform what the index is doing. Uh, at Clark Capital, we have a two different investment approaches. One that's more quantitative, we like to say, where we look at momentum in the market. Uh, but the really core of what we do is something that's called fundamental, more bottom-up active management, where we're actually going in and looking at the specific companies that make sense to own. Not just buying an overall index and taking on the full risk of that index, but finding the right portions, the right companies, strong, high-quality, undervalued names that have good cash flows, good balance sheets, but ultimately, in volatile times, are these companies that can maintain their competitive advantage. So having that active mentality of finding growth where it makes sense and then staying away from volatility is really the the core of the investment approach at Clark Capital. It's just like any other thing. Active management is 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 right for some people and right in the certain situation passive management is right in some situations and some some scenarios it's there there is a reason to use passive management um and again that's that's one reason we design uh, people's plans around uh, both so yep we've been hearing this a lot mark and we thank you last night you came to our event spoke so appreciate it so much and you kind of had a little powerpoint but you, we were talking about should people be worried about the market are we through it what do you guys look at at these times like what are the bullet points you're hearing that people are asking you yeah we uh, big believers of history is our guide right history doesn't often repeat itself but it definitely rhymes in certain aspects and midterm election cycles historically you do see big pullbacks in the marketplace and then once we get through those cycles you see nice little growth run-ups, which we're participating in here a little bit moving through the end of this year. Um, but I think it's it's really one of those things where the active approach of finding the right pieces of the market is really crucial in this environment, but ultimately being able to mitigate risk, meaning positioning the portfolio to stuff that is not participating in that volatility. Because, I mean, as you guys know, a majority of the folks that we work with, they rely on these assets to sustain themselves during their retirement. So we have to make sure that if the market's down, portfolios aren't down nearly as much as the market because these folks need those those cash flows to rely on to sustain themselves in retirement. Definitely. Yeah, talk, talk you had an interesting stat last night or, or, you know, kind of piggybacked on our dollars and cents, but, but about the fixed income market. It's been a really, really crazy year mm-hmm. in the bond market. Um, maybe talk a little bit about the bond market and then also you had your, your stat the, or, or the bullet point you talked about last night. Yeah. Fixed income has been a, uh, a tough environment for every money manager in the industry. Um, we truly believe that owning individual bonds versus maybe a bond fund or ETF is more opportunistic. And the reason is, is bonds have a maturity date and funds do not. So meaning when a bond matures, meaning when that debt contract is up, you actually get your initial investment back plus all of the interest for owning that particular bond. Uh, And a rising interest rate environment is actually opportunistic for active bond managers because when rates go up, that means the income that is being driven off of those bonds is increasing, right? So, you know, really what we're doing is something called couponing up those strategies. We're going out and finding higher yielding bonds that have shorter maturities, meaning they're less sensitive to interest rate increases, and they're good quality names, right? Good credit ratings that if liquidity constraints come down the pipeline, right, more of these recessionary risks come to the forefront of the conversation, we're positioned opportunistically to take advantage of those changes. Mark, not not that I... Uh 
you know, super valid, right? And that's, that's the idea. That's a, that's at a, you know, a, a very portfolio management level. And that's the expertise you get when we, we partner. And that's why that takes a lot of work for someone to do that, but there is opportunities, right? And that's where we got to see beyond, you know, outside of the, the three month, six month, nine month window, we're looking longer beyond that. But you had a, what was the stat? I'm sorry, I keep coming back to this. I, I'm trying to think of even what it was, so but you, you so talked about the anomaly of the bond market. Yeah. So uh, there's only been three times in the last 100 years where both equities and fixed income have finished in negative territory. Right. And I think it just kind of goes to show that outside circumstances do play a lot of roles and effects in what's going on in domestic, international and fixed income markets. Um, and being agnostic of that and just finding the right pieces to own, you know, the market's still batting a thousand guys, right? Market right. has had those time periods where it's finished negative, but guess what? It always trends back in a positive direction, right? So it's a matter of just being confident in the solutions that you have in those portfolios and knowing that you have trust in the money managers to deliver on the bottom line and put clients in a position to be successful. Yeah. Th this year especially is an anomaly because I remember 2008 and a lot of you guys weren't in the industry at that point. Date but yourself, Cole. I know, I know. But 2008, <laughs> sophomore in high school. <laughs> if you had a balanced portfolio, you didn't take on all of that loss because the bond market was up that year. You know, mm -hmm. the stock market was down 40% or 50% or whatever it ended up. But the bond market was still up the normal four or five percent because interest rates weren't a wasn't a real big deal during that time. It was more of the stock market crashing. It wasn't an interest rate type of deal. But with the the acceleration of interest rates this year uh, by the Fed and and making sure that those get to back to realized or normalized levels, um, it's affected both the markets. And like you said, it's it's just it's an abnormal year. There there is no place to hide right now um, as far as a, a liquid cash brokerage account. There is no place to hide. Bonds are not the place to hide. So we're we're having a pretty sophisticated conversation. It's great. Yep. And I think what this sh sheds a light on is we don't understand all this. Clients definitely don't understand yep. this, but we team up with people like Mark. Like This is the experience we want to provide to people and the experience we can provide using people with him. So Mark, talk about the experience Clark provides, right? We could sit here and talk about bonds, all this, but like, what's the personal experience we can provide for clients by using you like yeah, I think there's there's two aspects there, right? There's there's the investment component, which we're something called an institutional money manager, right? So when we make trades, what that means is we trade in very large quantities. Um, so in those aspects, we get premier pricing in those situations. And that's directly transparent to the end client at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, so having that expertise in managing a portfolio for an end investor the same exact way we would for a pension fund or for an endowment or for a large charitable trust, like we take that exact methodology directly to the retail investor. Um, and then the second component of that is, is really the service model. Uh, and that kind of comes back to that client portfolio team and making sure clients are educated on what we see, why we're doing things and making sure we're staying in line with their goals and objectives. I know we appreciate it. And I, Cole J can attest to this when he first started, we were meeting all the wholesalers, you know, and they're all great. So I'm not, but I said, Mark's the best. You just wait. And we went out, I think we went out to Shining Top yeah, and we, we had pizza yep. and he was like, He's the best, but I'm just speaking volume because I know Cole and Eddie have came out to see you, Cole J, and you're really educating us advisors on what's best for the client, and we appreciate that more than you know. We're always, you know, telling clients to educate our, themselves, right? Knowledge is everywhere, and that's that's exactly what professionals like Mark do for us. Is they filter down the information, you know, when does it make sense? When, when does it not make sense to to partner with, uh, you know, with Clark? And, uh, you know, that's really the, the value add that we see on our side. Yeah. We're fortunate to 
find people like Mark and who, I mean, Mark's grinding. He's out there working, but we're just fortunate to partner people with Mark. It makes our job better. We we're better at our job. Okay. So, so Mark, um, okay. kind of sum this thing up. Let, let's get your crystal ball out. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he loves doing I love the crystal, the crystal ball. ball. <laughs> I have one in our conference room. Um, look at, look at next year. Look at maybe the next two to three years and, and just what is Clark Capital telling telling you, not only just with the stock market, because I think people talk about the market and they, it's the stock market, but also I think the bond market is is something that's that's interesting. So just give us, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a prediction. Mm-hmm. We understand, you know, you can't guarantee anything. For uh, sure. Mark, but, tell the people what are going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but but what, what, what would you say is Clark Capital telling you that, you know, they see in the next, you know, in the future? I think we can all agree that, volatility is going to be at heightened levels over the next 10 years than it was over the previous 10 years. I would agree. Um, and that's not to say that volatility is going to cause us to have negative market performance all you know completely over that time period. Uh, I think it's one of those things that just favors being active, right? And being tactical, right? And just being focused on finding where the growth is and staying away from the volatility. You know, 23, we're probably going to see a, a few more rate hikes in the beginning of the year. And then the market's actually starting to price in rate cuts towards July of next year. So we, we feel there is positivity coming back to domestic equity marketplaces. But again, it comes back to what I said previously. It's not about owning that broad market. It's about finding the pieces of the market to own. Uh, and, you know, just knowing that volatility is going to continue to be at heightened levels, having that approach is just going to pay off dividends at the end of the day when you know, market may be down 10% and your portfolio is only down four or five. You know, I think it just puts clients in a position to, you know, we think something called sequence of returns. It's a lot easier to recover if we're only down five versus the market being down 10. Um, so obviously volatility is probably going to continue, not going to put us in a position where we're probably going to be in like deep recessionary types of environments, but we got to be proactive in making sure that the allocations we're using make sense for clients. I had my first client to, to, uh, the other day talk to me about the 2024 election. And I'm just like, wow, oh, that seems gosh. so far off right now. I'm like, really, we're worried about that already? It's like, yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, get through the, the next uh, six months or so. But, yeah, I mean, that is something that it is going to be a weird election, I think. Mm-hmm. And the primaries going up to it is going to be even stranger, I think, with uh, with Mr. Trump uh, announcing his, uh, his candidacy. So, um that's uh you know got, that's something to be seen go ahead yeah why we have this crystal ball out because i mean we've, we've had a very in-depth conversation and caleb failed this question in your crystal ball i have this three-point shoot off let's end this on this Ooh. who oh, who, who do you think is gonna win cole cole or bailey you know, she just wants to say Bailey. No, I just want Should I just put the feather want, in her cap and no, say Bailey? No, no <laughs> I want a legitimate. Who do you think? I'd rather not. We're be doing picked. this. Now. I'd rather we're not. We're doing this picked. for sure. I think Colby. You think so? Yeah, like yeah. okay, that's I, fair. I, I, he knows about do. old man strength. Did that's exactly what I was thinking. Right? Did you see his photo yesterday? Seven three pointers in a high school. If it was a four hundred yard dash, I guarantee I wouldn't. I wouldn't be the selection. And I kind of want to touch on this a little bit because I want to get a little more relaxed. So you were lacrosse, you were a goalie. Yes. How do you think sports has translated over into your career? Oh, being in the sales role tremendously. I mean, I, I'm 
competition is at the heart of what I do. Yes. And, you know, I, I mean that in the most respectful way, like, you know, not going down, beating down doors or anything like that. But, you know, I'm consistently working and making sure that I'm putting myself above and beyond the, the next person in front of me. So, you know, having that athletics background and translating that into a sales role where, you know, I feel I'm the CEO of my territory and running it just like I would a Fortune 500 business, um, you know, having that grit and being able to, to, to focus on what end objectives are and not worry about outside noise. I think it's really uh, allowed me to, to strive and kind of grow in my career. I love that. I love that word grit. Mark, Mark's, so uh, Mark's humble. He was a, he was a lacrosse. He was an all American uh-huh. at, at Drexel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh. You. Oh, yeah. So yeah, shout out. It's, it's a relation in our business, right? Yes. A lot of, a lot of former athletes. So that's, that's that competition drive grit. You know, it's a it's a tough business at times, but a very satisfying. Just glad the Broncos aren't aren't in our business. Yeah, failing right now. I do think it's important because we use a lot of sports analogy, and like this is a very sophisticated conversation for the average investor. But what I would take from it is like, wow, what a blessing we have to people like Mark and that being that independent and be able to have that team relationship, that teammate relationship. Yeah, I think the first thing I said to you guys when we first met together, maybe what was it two years ago now, Mm -hmm. was I don't ever expect any of my partners to be experts. who we are and what we do that's my job and my team's job and that's really where we come in and become extensions of advisors practices is give you the words to say to be dangerous and then us to be there to be a resource to help show your clients why we're in the room and why you guys trust us no that's awesome. well said very well said very good we appreciate you making the trip to fort dodge iowa we appreciate you coming to our event last night i know our clients really enjoyed it just another extension and appreciate you on the podcast it's been great Oh, thanks for the opportunity, guys. Hopefully uh, get an invite back soon. Yeah. Well, and even special, Mark, you joined us on the last episode of the year. So we'll definitely have to have you back next year. I'll be excited. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate everyone listening and make sure you find us on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website. And here's a little quote for the day. It's not whether you get knocked down. It's whether you get back up. Vince Lombardi. Boom. Go Cubs. You've been listening to How to Money with Cole and Cole, the podcast of Essential Financial Group, courtesy of Spin Market. Learn more about the Central Financial Group on their website, www.centralfinancialgroup.com. For now, I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. And we'll see you on the greens. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated, Member FINRA SIPC, Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated. Material discussed is meant for general informational purposes only and it is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification does not insure against loss. Any guarantees discussed refer only to fixed insurance products and are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company.